Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you, encourages you, and brings you closer to Jesus. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Everybody doing good? Man, I'm excited about today. Hey, and if you're uh, kind of just checking us out for the first time, uh, we've been in a series uh, called Habits, and we have kind of determined that a lot of us have gotten into some bad habits over our lifetime. And it's interesting to me because we're using kind of a, a, a couple passages of Scripture. One is found in the book of Romans, where it talks about being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And, and, and it's interesting, over this past couple of weeks, I've been looking at that passage over and over and over again. And it's interesting because what that literally means is we're not going to think the way the world thinks. And as believers or followers of Jesus Christ, that we're going to think differently. And because of what Jesus has done in us, we have to think differently. And then we now piggyback that with a passage in Titus where it talks about a pattern, that we're developing a pattern. It made me think this past week about Colossians where it says that I'm not going to put my thoughts on things of earth, but I'm going to put my thoughts on things above, uh, what God wants us to think about. And so even by definition, the word habit means... Uh, the tail end of it means that we do stuff, habits, we do stuff without even having to think about it. So that's good if we're good habits, but it's really bad if they're bad habits. And so we looked at week one about what a habit is and how we can develop some good habits in our lives. In the last two weeks, we looked at community. And one of the things that we know from COVID is a lot of, a lot of us had gotten out of the habit of going to church. And that's, it's great to see. I, uh, this morning, I was walking in the hallway um, first service and this service, and I see so many people that I haven't seen literally since March. So thanks for coming back. It's great to see you here at Journey. Where you know I don't want to treat you like you're a guest, but if you have you know a guest, you fill a guest card so I can know you again or something. I don't know, <laughs> but it's one of those deals. We just got out of the habit, and today we're going to talk about maybe the hardest, worst habit that a lot of us have gotten involved in. Okay, so but I got some ground rules first. All right, so here's the ground rules: if you're with your spouse, you cannot point at that person, you can't jab that person. You can't for a second say he's talking about you today because I'm not talking about anybody specific. As a matter of fact, if you want to know the truth, today's message is birthed out of what God's been doing in my family, my wife, myself, over the last five or six or seven years because we developed some bad habits in the area of money. Anybody else develop some bad habits in the area of money? And so today we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk very frankly. And today, today you're going to take notes tenaciously, okay? And I just got, but none of this, okay? So none of the, it's your fault we're in the situation right now. We all have to take our responsibilities for our own actions, right? So here, we're going to talk about money today. Um, I'm going to do this by way of this. Um, there's, and I asked the first service, I'm not going to ask you because you guys are way smarter than the first service because you'll get it right away, and I don't want that to happen. But there's a lot of people, did you ever, like, people misquote Scripture all the time, right? Did you ever, anybody ever hear the one that's um, uh, cleanliness is next to godliness? Anybody ever hear that Scripture? Raise your hand if you've heard it. Not in the Bible. <laughs> just, just, it's not there. So just a kid. Uh, anybody ever hear the one God helps those who help themselves? You ever hear that, read that Scripture? No, you didn't read it because it's not in there. Um, the, the most, the number one misquoted passive scripture in the entire Bible, number one, without, without question, is when people say, have you ever heard this? Money is the root of all evil, right? Money is the root of all, no, it's not. As a matter of fact, that is in the Bible, but not like I just said it. And it actually says something completely different. And when you look at what it means and what it really is saying there, it brings all new light. And we talk about it at Journey all the time, about not treasuring your treasures, and that's what the scripture literally is talking about, treasuring our treasures, treasuring the possessions, the things, the green, whatever it is. And it says this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. It says, for the love of money. Not money, 
But for the love of money, it's the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some of us have wandered away from the faith, pierced themselves with many pangs. And I'm going to talk about that last phrase uh, kind of uh, about halfway through the message because that's really important about what that pangs is. But it says the love of money is the root of all evil. Uh, it's It's when we start loving it more than anything else. It's when we start desiring it. Because honestly, and you have to agree with me with this, money can do a lot of good. In the world we live in, some of the problems of the world can be solved with money. When we think about the, the, the poverty in our area, a lot of it could be solved with, with money. If enough of us gave enough, we could take care of some of the world's problems. I'm so proud of our church. And if you're not from our, if this isn't your home, we would love for you to make it this home. But one of the things that I know about this faith community and Sherwood, the people that are watching on them, one of the things that I know is that people in this church are extravagant when they come to giving. If I share a need, I'm telling you, within seconds, many times that need's taken care of. A couple years ago, I said, we want to buy a, a truck so we can start delivering food and we start doing things. That truck got used more during COVID than anything else around this place. We were delivering food to the hospitals. We were taking it to nurses. We were taking it to the schools. I mean, it was amazing to me. I, I, I announced it one Sunday that we needed $17,000 and $24,000 came in. That's because you guys are extravagant. You guys understand this. A lot of good can be done with money, right? We can take care of people in Haiti. We, we support a whole area, a whole city in, in Truvamont in, in Haiti. And we do that because of money. But when we start loving money, when we start making it our idol or our God, and it's become, honestly, an American idol. Uh, money has become that thing that we have placed above relationships, above work, above everything, above God, everything. That, that idol goes way on up there. But the Bible is saying it's not money, it's the, the love of money. So what I want to do over the next couple minutes, and I, I want you to take some notes. So if you're here, you have a notepad, or if you have a phone, this is the one time, because you're going to want to take some things. Like we're going to talk about some specific, bad, as a matter of fact, I think what it needs to happen first and foremost is we need to identify bad habits and attitudes that we have toward money. And a lot of us, that goes back to, I said this in first service, I'll say it again in this service. Some of the things that we're going to talk about today, I wish my mother and my father taught me when I was a teenager. Because the, the bad habits that I had started way back there about materialism and greed and possessions and how I looked at those things. And I want everybody to get today. When I talk about money today, it's not just about the green stuff that's in your wallet. Because a lot of times, it's not the green stuff that we have. As a matter of fact, if you look at a lot of people's bank accounts, they don't have a lot of green stuff, but they have a lot of material stuff in their house. They have shiny in their house. They have big in their house. They have, they have brand new in their house. And so when I'm talking about this possession, as a matter of fact, if you look at the Old Testament, if you look at the book of Ecclesiastes, the smartest, the most wealthy person that walked the planet was a guy by the name of Solomon. And he takes the word materialism and he uses this word over and over again. And he literally calls, when we love money, he calls, and it's a dirty, filthy, nasty word. It's called greed. And greed does a lot of bad in the world. We watch families fall apart. You want to understand greed? I say this all the time. Funerals bring the best or the worst out in people. You want to see people attack each other, family members attack each other? Be a part of a funeral service where somebody is getting a little bit more. It could be a penny more than somebody else is getting, and all of a sudden a fight is going to break out. So we're not just talking about green paper today. Whenever the accumulation of money or the accumulation of things becomes the top priority in our lives, we're headed for heartache. Do you all know that? We're headed for struggles right there. And we live in a materialistic culture. So what are some of the habits we've developed? Maybe you'll identify with some of these, okay? Here's the first bad habit that I think a lot of us in this room have probably developed. It's debt. 
Debt is a bad habit. Debt is one of those things, it will ruin you. And some in this room, honestly, you're going, it's just a little inconvenience. But for others, it's ruining people. The debt has accumulated so much. And it's interesting because there's three groups of people in our church, right? There's three people, three groups. The, the haves, you've heard this, right? The haves. How many people have heard this before? There's the haves and there's the have-nots, right? Well, there's a third group, and it's the have-not-paid-for-what-they-have group. Right? Some people, debt has turned their lives into a nightmare. And you know something? We should understand that. You know, and I'm just old-fashioned enough that I believe that this Bible still works, that I believe the things in it still make sense, that the, that the attributes and the, and the things that we learn in here are still applicable years later. I don't care who's in office. I don't care what's going on in our culture. This word is still true. Anybody else believe that besides me? And it says this in Proverbs 22. And it's interesting because people that I know are in debt feel just like this. It says the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. So when you owe somebody money, you are in shackles to that person. You are in shackles to that thing. It's interesting because some people in this room, and I'm, I believe that, 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 that there's probably more people than we would even care to admit um, that are part of our faith community here. But chances are it applies to a lot of us that are still paying for things today that you bought years ago. And I, I got a feeling there's, there's people in this room that you're paying for things that have been broken for years and years and years, but you're still paying for them. Because you put them on consignment, you put them on, you put them on, you know, and, and it's a funny thing, you 90 days same as cash. Eventually they're getting their money. And it's one of those deals where that's why when the Bible says that we're in shackles, we're slave to the lender, that's exactly what he's talking about. And the problem with debt is it, you know, it sidetracks. And, and honestly, I've seen it, it destroys a lot of people. And so the first thing is debt. And we need, we need to get a handle. We're gonna talk about that in a minute, but we need to get a handle on that. Here's the other thing. And you want to talk about a bad habit? Like this is really bad in our culture. I remember, anybody watch cartoons when they were growing up? Do you remember the one, I think it was, I think, I'm, I'm not sure, but Daffy Duck. You remember Daffy Duck? And he was rubbing the, uh, the genie lamp, and he became real small, and he was on top of the pile of, of, of all the goods, all the things that, you know, I, I'm like, and, he, and this was, mine, mine, all mine. We live in a mine, mine, all mine culture because of a lack of satisfaction. And that's a bad habit. It seems like we're never satisfied. It doesn't make a difference how many, somebody always has more. Or if we have this, we want just a little bit more. And we all know this. I, 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 if I was to ask you privately, we all know this intellectually, that money will not bring us happiness, right? Somebody say amen to that. Money, let's say that together. Money will not bring us happiness. You can't even say it with conviction. Let me tell you, this is how true I know this to be. You'll say money, but I'll guarantee you, if I walked up to you and gave you $2 million, you'd be like, woohoo! Because $2 million, see, exactly what I'm talking about. $2 million, like, let's try to get happy. Give me $2 million, right? And some of you are going, it's not, it wouldn't even take $2 million. A million dollars, and I'd be happy. You know, some people in this room, $50,000. But you know what happens when that money goes away? You're right back to where you were. The sorrow, the shackles, everything that was back here is still right there. And money, so we know intellectually it won't be, but in our lifestyles, we live in Orange County, California is the richest county in the, Uni in the United States. Orange County. There's, there's more wealth in that one county. So they did a survey last year, and this was the survey. If you can have anything, anything, whatever you want, anything, what would you want more of? The richest county in the world, the richest group of people. They have more cars and more money and big houses. You know what they said? 
more money. More money. And we can all grunt, groan, and we can point fingers, but I'll guarantee you that if I was to ask you that question honestly, and if the person that was sitting with you that you came with wasn't hearing what you were saying honestly, a lot of people in this room would go, you know what would make me more happy? More money. Anybody know who Lori Laughlin is? Anybody ever watch Full House? Jesse? How many people like Jesse? Yeah, see? <clears throat> I did not. He was cute and everything, but he was just not my style. No, anyway. So do you all know that she got arrested? She got arrested for fraud, um, scholarships, college, so her and her husband. So she spent like six months in jail, $150,000 um, that she had to pay in fine. And she's on probation for like the next two or three years. Her husband had to spend um, a little bit more than that in jail, um, almost $250,000 and she, on probation, supervised probation, three years. So they're standing, and guess where they live? Orange County. Orange County. Isn't that crazy? They're standing in front of the judge. And, and imagine this, that this is what the judge, what in, just uh, amazing, like intellectually comment. This is what he says to, to, to both of them. He says, here you are, you're admired, you're successful, you're a professional actor and professional in the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the world, and with long-lasting marriage, two apparently healthy, resilient children, more money than you could possibly need, a beautiful home in sunny Southern California, a fairy tale life, yet you stand here before me, convicted fellows, and for what? For the inexplicable desire to grasp even more. Wow. That's the category, and that's a, a bad habit that a lot of us have gotten into. We're just never satisfied. So we'll do what, almost whatever it takes to get a little bit more. Here's another one, selfishness. Just selfishness is when we think of ourselves greater than everybody else around us. When we think that our needs are bigger than the needs of the, of the world that we live in. I, I love the way the passive scripture in 1 John says this, but if anyone has the world's goods, that means you have a lot. And I'm gonna tell you something. If you don't know this, you are rich. Can y'all, you're rich. And a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, probably everybody in this room, probably everybody in the atrium, everybody watching online, you're in the top 1% of the richest people in the entire world when you compare it to everybody else. And he's talking about us right here. 2,000 years later, this conversation has to be opened up. The tension is this. He says, but if anyone in the world's good and sees his brother needing yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? That means if you're walking down the road and you see somebody that's in need, and you, like, I'm not just talking about you drive past. I'm talking about you literally ignore that person. Or if it's a situation where, like, like my needs are more, like, I really need that new, that, new, that new bass boat. No, no, you really want that new bass boat. Or you really need that new, I need that new, no, 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 you want that. And that was one of the things that we had to teach our kids that was most difficult. The difference between wants and needs. Okay, so selfishness. How about this? Not by a show of hands. I know people in this room that if I asked you to raise your hand right now, you would say, yep, this is me. Bad decisions. Just bad decisions with money. Just stupid, just stupid, stupid decisions. Ecclesiastes says like this, there's a grievous evil that I've seen under the sun. Riches were kept by their owner to his hurt. Watch this. And those riches were lost in bad, what's it say? Venture. Anybody ever hear... That's that, 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 that sales pitch, and you go, it's just too good to be true. Anybody ever hear that one? Like, man, I give you a dollar, and you're going to give me a million back in 30 days? You know, I don't know about your, 
mom and dad, but my dad used to say, if it's too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. Did you ever notice, like, financial, because, like, I, we invest money, okay? We're trying to work on retirement. We save. We do all that kind of stuff, right? But I want to let you, here's a little secret to you. You may need to know this. You will lose some money when you're gaining some money. Like, I, I, I pull that little, what do they call that thing? It's like a little report that you get, a statement, a statement. I pull that little statement out, and I go, hmm, I made 23% this last month. And then you get the, you know, the one for August or September or October. Mm, I lost 21%. Y'all get that one? If you're not getting that, you need to tell me who your investment company is because I'm going to go with it. Because if you're going to do that, if you're going to anytime, you're going to lose some money. But lots of people lose money because of bad decisions. And that's a whole different animal. If it's too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. Have you ever noticed get-rich schemes? And I'm not trying to point the finger at any like multi-level marketing that you're involved in or anything like that. But you, here, here's the deal. Did you ever, those, they never tell you, hey, by the way, invest and I'll, I'll guarantee you a solid 8%. You know what they always promise you? 300% in 90 days. We'll make you 300% in 90 it's, it's too good to be true. So we have to watch out for bad decisions. And then, there's bad spending decisions. Anybody ever made one of those? Oh, like three people. Liars. Liars, liars, liars. Bad decisions with money, bad buying decisions will make you th do things that you never thought you would do. I love the way 1 Timothy says in 6 9, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare. Into a snare. Um, anybody know who Nicolas Cage is? Of course you do. One of my favorite movies. So it, it just brings me back to. Like, uh, when we used to travel with the kids, like I would go down to do youth camps in Florida, or whatever. So there was a couple movies that we watched all the time. We watched, um, and maybe some of you that got kids my age remember this, uh, Inspector Gadget. Right? Um, anybody, Prin Princess Diaries? Right? Right? Well, the other one, we, we used to watch, we watched every one of them. I think there's 42 of these in the series. We watched uh, all the National Treasure with Nicolas Cage. He's my favorite. It's like, it was such a cool, like, like moment. But I found out something about him in this process. Do you know he was one of the wealthiest men in Hollywood? Like, he was earning more than any other actor in Hollywood for a period of a couple years. This is what happened. He was worth $150, $150 million he was worth. $150 million. Man. Problem was, he made some bad decisions, bad business decisions. And he owed the IRS $6.3 million. How about those decisions? Well, he went on a spending spree in a series of about 48 hours. This is what he bought, okay? 15 residents, 15 houses. And I imagine they weren't like $180,000 houses. I imagine they were big ones, okay? Two European castles, just because you have to have it in your portfolio, right? Watch, watch this. He bought a deserted island in the Bahamas, okay? He bought a nine-foot-tall pyramid-shaped burial tomb. You never know when you'll need one of those, okay? Then he bought numerous shrunken heads. Oh my, that's gross, right? Then he bought a dinosaur skull for $276,000 that turned out to be stolen from, from Mongolia. So he had to give it back, okay? So he, 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 all that, okay? All the, so he's not just living this out through national treasure. He's actually doing it in his life. And he loses everything because of bad business decisions, bad spending decisions. He probably should have read, because now 
He came out just recently saying he's one of the most miserable men that's ever walked the planet. Well, 1 Timothy says that, right? For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and, watch this, pierced themselves with many pangs. So what's a pang? I had to do some research because I didn't know what a pang was. This is no disrespect to women in this, in, in this room, okay? Everybody understand? I know I was there for childbirth. <laughs> I heard the screams, okay? But this is what it says here, pangs. A brief, there was nothing brief about childbirth, was there? It was the longest whatever time it took. Brief spasm of pain like during childbirth, okay? A sharp attack of mental anguish pangs, so it's mental, physical, and then it's remorse of pain, guilt of pang, of disappointment. So in this, when he says it's like being with many pangs, stuck with many pangs, he's saying there's actual physical pain, there's an emotional pain, there's, there's everything that you can think of comes with being in debt, with, with having this wrong view of money, okay? I learned a long time ago, there's nothing out there, nothing. There's no car, there's no stereo, there's no fishing pole, there's no fishing rod, there's no set of golf clubs that, that I'm going to allow myself to bring pain to my life. Let me, so this morning, I just got to, I'm sitting there watching. Anybody else infatuated sometimes with those um, infomercials? Like, this knife is the best knife you ever have. I got to have one, right? So pots and pans. I, I know it sounds really weird. But I even I said to my wife, did you see these new pots? But they're, just, they're like, the experts use them. I'll be able to cook like them if I have them, right? So this morning I'm watching, it's the pots and pans. It's, it's called meware. Like, oh my gosh, like I'm so into this stuff, right? Weird. So I'm sitting there watching it, and it goes, 12 easy payments of $99.99. I'm like, holy cow. I've never had a $99 payment of anything that was easy. And then you want 12 of them? No, 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 contrary. We're not doing that. And it's interesting to me, though. Isn't it funny how debt brings a pain to us? Every time you write that check, or maybe you do it online, for the car or for the house or for whatever that hobby is, whatever it is, you look at it and go, oh, my goodness, you know I could, well, like, this is a lot of money. And it hurts, doesn't it, sometimes? Well, that's exactly what Scripture's talking about. Okay, so that's the first thing. Here's the second thing. We got some bad habits we got to identify here. How about this? How about good habits start with being content? There's a home place for good habits. And we need to be content. And I think that's one of the biggest problems. We're not content. Um, anybody have um, um, a wallet on them? Last service, it was like pulling teeth. Like, does nobody carry money anymore? I'm, I'm going to teach you something. I'm, I'm going to give you a, I'm going I'm I'm to double your money right now. Okay? Just let me have that. That was a bad business decision in case anybody wants to know. And the fact that it's only $2 is like, wow. So I'm going to double his money. Ready? I'm going to double his money. Now he's got four of them. And now what I'm going to do is put it back in your wallet. And now I saved you money. And everybody's going, oh. The secret to success and contentment in life, and it's about folding them things back up and putting them in our wallet. And it's about not spending them. When everybody else and everything else, every ad out there, every person that's walking out, everybody wants us to spend it, it's when we put it back in our wallet, when we put it back in our pocket and we don't, we show the fact that we're satisfied with what we have. And I'm going to tell you, contentment, this is what I've learned. 
It's a decision that we have to make. We have to every morning wake up and go, I'm going to be content with the lot that I have in my life. I'm going to be content. Somebody asked me the other day, and, and I've got a, I mean, I got a great truck. It's a 2015 Dodge. It's got like 60,000 miles on it. Somebody said, well, aren't you due for a new one? I'm like, no, I'm not. Because you know what? I don't want to have a birthday present that I got to write out every week or every month for another truck. It's one of those deals where if we're just content, and you know what I've realized? Can I be just really brutally honest? I'm not. I can tell when I walk in my garage I'm not. I got like nine sets of golf clubs. Why? I stink with every set I put in my hands. (laughs) Like I don't care if they're 30-year-old golf clubs or they're brand-new golf clubs. I stink. I shot yesterday. This is how bad I am. I shot triple bogey on the first hole, double bogey on the next hole after that, and then a bogey. I shot 39, by the way. That's still pretty good because there's a bunch of birdies there. But, like, you know what? I, I, so I was sharing with somebody beforehand. Um, anybody ever see a, a, somebody that hunts? They have a, a hunting cart, and they have, like, a gun rack on a hunting cart. I'm going to put a putter rack on my golf cart. And I'm just going to, after a bad putt, I'm going to put it in there. It's going to, you're in timeout. You're in timeout. And let's get another one. I mean, there's been times, and some of the guys that have golfed with me, you know this to be true. I have literally, at the turn, which is the ninth hole, at the turn, I have gone and taken everything out of my bag, thrown it in my truck, and grabbed a brand new set because that's what I think is going to make me better. I realize that I'm, I just, I'm not content. And contentment is the key to plenty. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. You want to talk about powerful? And there's one phrase in here that I'm just going, oh my, I need to figure this one out. Because this is, he goes, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret. Wow. Anybody else want to learn the secret? Because I haven't figured it out yet. He says, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things. It's when we put our trust and our contentment in him and not in the stuff that we're trying to accumulate. A friend of mine told me this a couple weeks ago. He said the best way to figure this whole debt thing out, and he works for um, Financial Peace University. He's uh, with Dave Ramsey. Some of you know who he is. He said, he said, tell your people to seek out, and it's easy for him to say. He's not saying it. He's not standing up here, but seek out a simpler life. And you know what he means by simpler life? Cheaper. And we don't want to hear cheaper, so I'll say simpler. Let, let, let's seek out a simpler. And what's the key? You know what it is? It's choosing to be satisfied with things that I have rather than the things that I don't have. It's saying, I like what I have right here. I, I, I was at the bank the other day, and I had a friend, and, and um, last year we downsized in our house. And, and, and we got a, it's a great house. It's an amazing house, right? But he was like, why did you, you had like 3,600 square feet, and now you have like whatever it is, 20, 2,200, right? Well, why, you need a bigger house. You, know, you're, you deserve, like, no. I'm content right where I'm at right now. I love walking out the back door in my pajamas and nobody cares. Like the deer never go, oh, like put something on. No, they don't ever bother me, but it's about being content. And here's a real, can I just, can I lay it on the line real quick? I was the guy that I wanted, I wanted everybody to know what I had for the longest time. And when I took my wife out, I wanted to go out to the nice restaurant. Anybody like that? The nice restaurant? Like, there's a couple, like, like, and I wanted, and I wanted the greatest vacations. 
Like I want it, and I wanted my kids. I remember one time, my kid, one of my kids said, Dad, how much do we make? <laughs> I said, we make nothing. <laughs> Me and your mama make a good amount of money. <laughs> we make nothing. But you know what I realized? Some of the greatest things in life don't cost me anything. You know how I learned this? COVID. You know, when you couldn't go out to dinner anywhere, and when you couldn't go to a movie, and date night sitting on the couch was way more fun than going to watch it and have to get all dressed up. And when I had to go to the bathroom, I didn't miss anything. I just go to the bathroom, I shut it off, and I come back, and I was right there, right? And one of the greatest things we did is, I, I, like I said, I play a little golf. Come home, because, like, I don't do confinement well. Like, jail, it, no. So when they put us on house arrest, that's what I was going to call it. <laughs> they put us on house They put us, what was it called? Quarantine. They put us on quarantine. And so, house arrest. You had to make up things to do, right? So we lived in the water. So we'd walk down to the water, and we'd come back to the water. So I'm sitting out there one day, and I had a, a bunch of golf balls, and I had my sandwich, and I was just chipping. And my wife said, I, I can beat you at that. Right? She goes, I could beat you at that. So we started having every night chipping contests. I'd come home. I couldn't wait. I'd be texting her, like, talking smack. Like, I'm coming home. I'm going to whoop your tail tonight. Like, I'm going to put him in, whatever. Like, and after about 30 windows that she broke, she got pretty good at it. Like, she, <laughs> she, could, she could actually hit the ball. But it was like, but you, I remember one night we're sitting there, goes, this didn't cost us anything. This was fun. And when I say simpler, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about like you're not having fun anymore. But what if we just look for simpler life? And, and, and another thing I was, I was thinking through, just through this whole process, what, what would happen if we asked ourselves two questions? Like just two questions. Maybe you can ask them right now. Can I live on less? Can I live on a little bit less? And, and this is what statistics show. If you can honestly make a statement like, I don't need this right now. So, so Dave Ramsey talks about this. Take your credit card and put it in a bag of water and put it in the, in the, in the, in the freezer and let it freeze. And when you have that, that urge to buy something, because that's what a lot of our, he said, then take it out of the bag. You know what happens? Generally, by the time that thing falls out, you really don't want that thing anymore. It's not a priority. I mean, I'm telling you, football today, right? I mean, we got the Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? That's going to be amazing. We got the Bills playing, who cares? Oh, no, they're playing Kansas City. The Bill's playing, and I'm, I'm, I, I did this this morning. Look at that little itty-bitty TV up there. <laughs> do, do you know how good Tom Brady would look on a 4,000-inch? <laughs> hey, I pastor a big church. I should have a big TV. And, 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 and come on now, let's be honest. Every one of us has one of those things that we want. And we're waiting, we're thinking, we're waiting for it to come on sale, or we're waiting for our credit card limit to go low enough that we can put more on it. What if we just said, you know something, I can live on less. How about this? How about trying to figure out where you can trim some excess? So um, I'm going to preach to Bobby for a second. When I walk through the garage, <clears throat> so I made a decision. I'm going to figure out what I can, what I can trim, what I, can, what I can sell, and we're going to donate it to beautiful feet. I don't have to put it toward a debt, but maybe, that, maybe you do that. Maybe, maybe you just walk through the house. Statistics show that the average American house 
there's somewhere between three and $5,000 of excess just sitting there. Do a yard sale. Put it on Marketplace. Donate it to the person next door. Put, put it down on the debt. Maybe there's this big debt you have. Put it down on the debt. Do something. So that's the first thing. Second thing is this, is where else can I turn? And, and figure, figure that out and then, then, then start to give it away, okay? Here's my third thing. We're going to close right here, all right? Develop, and this sounds like you're going to go, well, that's a lot of self-interest in this statement. No, let me, let me make the statement first. Develop the habit of giving because the habit of giving destroys the habit of greed. The habit of giving destroys the habit of materialism. When you start to see, so this is what we say at Journey. We've said it for a long time. Maybe you've heard somebody say it. Lindsay, my daughter, actually read it in a book. I don't remember what it was, but it was talking about this. It said, it's not what we want from you. It's what we want for you. By a show of hands, how many people have ever given to a cause bigger than themselves? The church, a missions project. Raise your hand. Really, everyone. And you felt better by giving than anything else. That that was the biggest thrill that you got that giving. That's a spiritual principle. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You'll get more out of it than you give. For me, it's, you know, a little bit more, you know, like we, 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 we tithe. And that's, that's one of the ways. How do you give? Well, I think tithes and offerings. And I think that's a great place to start. If you don't know the biblical concept, tithe means 10%. It's all throughout the Old Testament. It goes into the New Testament. It says bring to the storehouse. It's where you're being fed. That would be your church if this is your faith community. Now, some are going, Bobby, you don't know my debt. I, I, I don't know your debt. And I'm not asking you, if you're not there, don't start at 1%. Start at 1%. If you get 10%, to start at 1%. Or, and then next month, 2% and 3%, whatever, whatever, between you and God. It was interesting to me a couple of years ago, some of you may remember this, we did what was called a 90-day challenge. And I challenged people in our church for 90 days to give a little bit more than what they were giving the month before. We, we had a couple projects we were working on. We were trying to, spiritual principles. Spiritual principles uh, worldwide show that about, I think we're a little bit higher, but about 8% of the people give about 80% of the money in a church. And my thought was always, what if 100% of the people gave 100% of the money in the church? What would happen to the, like, what can we do in our community? But so I was 90-day challenge. I was trying to teach a spiritual principle. So we did it because speed of the leader, speed of the team. A year and a half or two years later, if you've tithed around here, you get a tithe statement at the end of the, like at the end of the year. It'll say that you donated, you know, $400 million or whatever you gave last year. So we got ours. And I looked at it and I said to Gina, I said, what's going on here? She goes, what do you mean? I said, this is way higher than what we make. And she said, she goes, you know, um, let me look into it. And what we realized is that we accepted the 90-day challenge and we started giving more. But you know what happened? We forgot to, after 90 days, stop doing it. And for a year and a half or two years, we just kept giving that same amount. And it was one of those deals where you want to know what I found out? I didn't even miss it. And you know what else I found out? Here's a spiritual principle. Write this one down. You can't outgive God. You can try all day long to outgive God. You can't outgive God. I'll, I'll double dog dare you to give it a try. I mean, Malachi double dog dares this, right? Malachi says, I dare you. I dare you to bring to the storehouse and watch what God does. He'll open the vats of heaven. He'll open everything that you need. He's double dog daring us. I double dog dare you. Give it a try. See what God does. And so, 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 so tithes and offerings. Here's the other way, right? Everyday acts of giving. Find something to do every day that you can give. Um, for me, last week, it was a really cool week. Two weeks ago, I was at Ironwood Tavern. Anybody ever gone there? Really good food, right? I get there, and I'm, I'm, this guy takes me out, so he's going to pay for my, my, my meal. He's paying for my meal, right? So I'm like, man, and so the check comes, which is really funny. The check comes, and the, guy said, the lady said, listen, yours has been paid for, and his hasn't. I was like, yeah. And so somebody paid for my meal that was in there. 
And I thought if I would have known they were paying for it, I would have got a steak. Right? right? Come on, let's just be, right? come on now. Filet. Me, no, no crap. So, so, and then all of a sudden, you know, I found out there was two or three other couples there, people that we knew from church, that tried to grab, to try to take my, my, my bill. Like, like, and I was like, wow, like overwhelmed. Now, like the, the, the girls at the kitchen goes, you must be somebody special. Pastor a little church called Journey. No. So you know what I decided to do? I was gonna I was gonna pay it forward. So a couple days later, not Ironwood, I'm at McDonald's. Right? I know different, okay. <laughs> so I'm at McDonald's and there's this this young couple behind me. And I say, I, I wanna I wanna I'm gonna pay for theirs, right? And so I paid for theirs behind them and they gave me a little wave. But I heard, I don't know if y'all heard this, but something happened at Riverwood this past week. So this guy's doing this. Well, he's, he sees this girl behind him, and he's a little bit slower. He's an older guy, and he couldn't find his wallet, and he was taking up. So the girl behind him is, like, screaming and yelling and hollering, you know, and it was on the next door app. And, I mean, giving him, like, just your number one sign, just rude, right? So he decides he's going to pay for her food. What a cool, right? So he pays for her food. And so she's like waving and like apologizing and everything. He gets up to the, the counter where he gets, and he gives them both the receipts. And he takes both things of food and drives off. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Take the journey sticker off your car before you do that, please. <laughs> the pastor journey told me to do that. <laughs> no, I didn't tell you to do that. Everyday acts. Find something you can do for somebody else. There's people all around you, I promise you. You can think of a neighbor. You can think of somebody you work with. Proverbs 11.25 says this, whoever brings blessing will be enriched. And I love this. Whoever waters, whew. man, I know this to be true. Whoever waters will be watered. God will do things in you that you'll never dream. So let me give you a couple quick practicals. I want you to write these down and we're gonna close right here. Very practical habits, okay? Find out where the money is going every month. So look at your, your online whatever, right? Figure that out. You have to identify it first where it's going before you can put the, put the, the caulk in, in the hole, right? So find out. The second thing is this. Make a plan. Decide how you will spend every dollar you're going to spend. It may take you a couple weeks. We have some tools here. We have financial peace coming up. We also have another financial uh, teaching that's going to happen, I think, in four or five weeks on our access groups. But make a plan. Here's the, th the third one. This is like people are going to like throw things at me. Stop using credit. Stop using credit. One of the greatest tools, one of the greatest things for debt reduction for my family is we stop using credit. The only, the only thing we've done on credit is when we can get frequent flyer miles for Disney World. <laughs> and then we pay it off as soon as we don't put more on it. And you know what's been really cool about this thing? And this is not bragging, this is just what it is. A couple years ago, we paid for two weddings in cash, put a kid through college with cash, and got out of debt using this method. And so I just want to do is stop using credit, make a plan. Here's the third thing. Start getting out of debt. That means maybe you don't go out to dinner or maybe I had, I had a friend of mine say one time that she was going to Starbucks. And I don't mean to tread on anybody's, but she was going to Starbucks every day. And she said it was $10 at Starbucks every day. Good, great days alive. I'll make you a cup of coffee for free. Right? I'll put a little robe on. Badista, Bobby, whatever you would, you'll call me and I'll write your name on it too on the side cup if you want me to. But start figuring out a way to get out of debt. 
Um, I love what Dave Ramsey says. I'm a Dave Ramsey guy. He talks about the debt snowball. And what he says is start paying off your small ones first. And you know what happens? There's something psychological that happens when you pay something off. And I remember the first credit card we got to cut up. It was like, this is so cool. And then give. Find a place to give. I think this is a worthy organization. Um, One of the things that I love about this place is that we don't just get tithes, we tithe. So we tithe through our community. We tithe hundreds of thousands of dollars into this community as far as missions and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's a worthy one. And then save. Um, The rule of thumb is live on 80, give 10, and save 10. You got to pay yourself too, right? And so one day we're all going to try to retire. And so there needs to be something there. So today we talked about money. We got it over with, right? So everybody's still alive. We're all breathing still. Nobody's mad at the preacher. Okay. It's in the Bible. We want to talk about it. It's a bad habit that a lot of us have dealt with. But you know how another way we get out of bad habits? By praying through them. So this is what I want to do. Let's pray. Let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. Sometimes the greatest talks that we have around here are painstakingly uh, simplistic. And today is one of those. It's just, man, I've I've lived this one out. Made lots of mistakes. And um, I'm thankful for your grace. I'm thankful for your mercy that you've gently corrected and led. And God, it is true that the borrower is slave to the lender. And there's lots of people in this room that probably feel that like they have shackles on. Maybe just people online, they feel like they have shackles on to this thing called debt. They've just done some really, made some really poor decisions. I pray, I pray with grace, I pray, God, that you would help that, that all of us, we would today have a conversation with you. We would open up to you our finances and say, God, could you figure out how to bless? Can you figure out how to help us? Can you figure out how to get out of debt so we can be what you want us to be? And God, we do this not so we can gather more money in this church. And if you want to know the truth, this is why I do it, God. It's one, one simple passage of scripture. It's John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave. I am never more like the Father than when I'm in the mode of giving. When I'm in the mode of having my finances in line. And when I'm in the mode of giving to you what's yours and giving to the world what's theirs. I pray that you would be with us in a real way. In Jesus' name. Hey, can I just throw out a couple, and we're going to close right here. Just throw out a couple things. If you need some help, talk to somebody around this place. Go to a next steps and just say, I need some help. We can put some resources in your hands like immediately uh, in in reference to this. And I I want to say this too. I want to give you, I want to give us an opportunity to live this one out. And so if you've noticed, we did not do offering today. And I know we don't do offering like we used to where we pass the plate. I, I just want to mention a couple ways that at Journey you can give. Okay, so you can go to our website. Right, you can go to our website and you just put the, the there's a give tab. You can also, there's giving boxes all over the place around there. You can put it in an envelope, write your name on it, and then we'll pray over it. We'll send it, you know, do, we'll, 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 we'll be frugal with it. And then, um, or you can, there's a number that's going to be on the back screen that you can text, another secure way to do it. And so it's one of those deals where I want to pray over our offering because this is what I want God to do. We have some dreams around this place and we need God to do something supernatural for it to happen. And so that's why we pray for the offering. We ask God that we would be good stewards of it and in being good stewards that he would multiply it just like he multiplied the loaves and the fish. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, um, not just for today's talk, but thank you that we get to give to you. We get to give back. It's a small demonstration of thankfulness of what you've done for, all, for us. And so I pray that you would bless. I pray that we would be great stewards of it, God.
and that we would continue to be, and we talk about this all the time, that we would be for the big K, the big kingdom, not the little K, not journey. And so, God, we want to make your name famous, and we can do that by giving. So we ask that you would bless it in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or want to talk to someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net. 